The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star Community Radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate. Or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe. And worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schistler. I'm a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of One Best Consult. That's OneBestConsult.com. Thanks for taking time to join us today. I think we've lined up a pretty good show for you. Hopefully, we'll provide you with information that potentially you can use even today in your business. So, got a great guest that we'll have a conversation with and hopefully some tips Got a great mailbag item that came in, so we'll be sharing all of that with you. You know, the weekly business hour is where all of Montgomery County, and really today businesses throughout the world come to share information, talk about the latest in business news, and look for ideas that can improve their businesses. So again, be part of that conversation. One of the ways you can do that, simply send us an email. Uh, If you've got a question during the show, you've got a question about your business, just drop us an email. It's real simple to send us an email, and I encourage you to do it. Send it to onebestconsult at gmail.com. That's onebestconsult at gmail.com. And before I forget about it, if you'd like to watch as well as listen to the show, we're live on Facebook and YouTube. Just go to the Weekly Business Hour page and click on uh, the Live button, and you can watch and listen to us live on Facebook and YouTube. Well, our business guest today that we have is someone very interesting, but before uh, we get to to Doug, and uh, who's been on our show before, I wanna mention something to you. Uh, Make sure during this time of concern and and health issues and whatnot, that you maintain your personal contacts, your personal contacts, excuse me. Uh, and, And I understand you can't go out you can't do the luncheons, you can't do the breakfasts, you can't do the entertaining, um, you know, whether it's customers, employees, or uh, vendors. But that's what I'm really a- addressing. Remember, stay in touch with the people that serve you and your business and in turn that you serve. Because it's so easy right now with all the warnings and all the concerns and the constant drone of the media about this and that and stay. Personal contact, yes, face-to-face to me is the best way to do it. But there are a lot of other ways. Dropping people a quick note via email or particularly just hand write out a note and let them know you're thinking about them. Asking questions. Let them know that you appreciate their business. Staying in touch with people. Staying in touch with your employees. If they're working remotely, send them an email. Send them a handwritten note. Stay in touch. Maintain your personal contact. 
again, it's something that we have to think of more often now because we're so withdrawn, if you will. We've all kind of forded up for the most part, and some of us get out more than others, but I would be willing to bet a vast majority of us have reduced our personal contacts with the people that count in our business, our customers, our employees, and our vendors. So let me offer that encouragement as we start the show today. Stay in touch. Well, as I alluded to earlier, we have a wonderful guest here today uh, joining us. Uh, I had a conversation with Doug Thorpe. He's the head of Headway Executive Coaching. Doug's been on the show before. And he and I had a, an in-depth conversation that'll be presented in two parts, in fact. We just got in the conversation and it went on and on. And I think it is right on point in so many ways. So I hope you'll take the opportunity uh, to listen. We're gonna play part one of that today. This is part one of a discussion with Doug Thorpe talking about crisis and leadership and management of your business. So please take a listen and I'll be back with you at the first commercial break. Thanks. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're back on the street today. Uh, we're out looking for a conversation with an expert. This will be our last conversation with an expert for the year. And we've sought out, and he's agreed to visit with us, Doug Thorpe. Uh, Doug is the head of Ed Headway, uh, executive coach, uh, business advisor, uh, author. Uh, he's got a great deal of experience, background, and an array of clients that stretches literally across the United States. Doug, how are you today? I'm doing great, Rick, and thank you for having me back on the show. This will be exciting. You know, it's funny, Doug, I was uh, looking back and it's been a year and a half uh, or longer, really, May, June, about a year and a half that you were with us. Uh, update us a little bit. What's been going on in your world in the last year and a half? Well, <laughs> that's the big pregnant question, right? Uh, well, as we all know, 2020 has been a, a whale of a challenging year because of the COVID concerns and other economic concerns, especially in the uh, greater Houston area with the oil and gas market being what it has been. And um, I, I have to tell you in the, in the space I work, uh, helping small businesses and senior business leaders of all kinds, um, there has been an outcry for help. They're, you know, they're hungry for new and better ways to reach their people and connect in this virtual world that we're all living in. So uh, 2020 has definitely been one for the books. Well, there's no doubt about it. And you make a great point, specifically certain industries. The news talks a lot about restaurants, uh, fitness clubs, health clubs, gyms, and other related businesses. But the oil and gas industry, that is a major, major shift that's taking place. And uh, I've had family, one of our sons uh, owned and was part, uh, was the CEO of a a drilling related company and boy they, they just locked the doors because they didn't have any business on the drilling side so it's uh, very very interesting and that kind of fits with what you and I agreed to talk about we entitled our, our conversation today shifting gears uh, and there's been a lot of that and probably going to be a lot more in the years to come kind of related to what happened with the 2020 and the pandemic and whatnot so let's jump in. I mean, small businesses shifting gears, sometimes very, very difficult for a small business to shift gears uh, because the owner has a mindset and what tomorrow looks like is not what they bought into, so to speak, when they started the business. But 
let's talk about your perspective uh, as a guide, a guide for people to get it and realize they need to shift gears. Yeah, I think that is a, a very pertinent topic for small business and, and any kind of business, really, because the reality is when you go into business, nothing is ever going to stay the same. Markets are going to shift. Demand is going to shift. Your own way of delivering is going to change over time. So as an owner, you've got to be ready and willing to make those changes, make those shifts as you go. And if I may, Rick, let me just kind of indulge a little bit of a backstory to help everybody understand where I'm coming from on this. For the first 20 years of my career, I was a banker, and I had a chance to work with a lot of different kinds of companies in a lot of different industries. And one of the things that I did, besides helping facilitate uh, liquidity events for companies, I actually, uh, our, our bank, the old Texas Commerce here in the Houston area was uh, um, very proactive in, in the corporate world or the commercial world. And what that meant was we were boots on the ground with our customers. We, we worked with them on their operations. We worked hard to try to, try to help them squeeze margin out of their business not just to service our loan, but to make them be successful. Because we felt that the more successful our client companies were, the better we would be as a bank. So that was a general guiding principle. But with that, I got a lot of exposure to the way businesses operated and the ways owners looked at their business. And here's the, the so what. My experience, when I try to aggregate it, I come up that everything in a business falls into three buckets. You've got people, you've got process, and ultimately you've got your profits. And anything you can name me about a business, I can point you to, to one of those buckets and we can talk about how things work. So that's really kind of the framework I wanted to share today. Okay, and I, I agree with you as you look through the topic and, and think about it that, uh, first of all, I like to break things down to the simple. So you got three, and most of us can grasp the three uh, or less, maybe, maybe more, but it makes it very focused uh, in what we're going to talk about today. And uh, you lead off with people, which all of us are in the people business one way or the other. And let's talk about people and what you think is important or the business owner or business manager to focus on people? Yeah, in the people area, the, the first thing that needs to be addressed is the owner needs to be willing to manage themselves. That's a biggie. And um, I don't know, Rick, that, that may end up being a whole segment one day. <laughs> Uh, and, and I say that in, with, with great empathy and respect because I, I, I have a great affinity for the entrepreneurial spirit. And, um, and I, on one hand, I appreciate the kind of this idea of pride of authorship. You know, an, an owner goes out to create a business. They've got an idea. They're proud of what they think they can do. They should be. And, and that's all great and good. Um, but I think an owner has to be very sensitive to at some point in time, 
their company may in fact grow beyond their ability to lead it and, and be the person touching everything. And I think that's where the first people issue comes into play. Uh, an owner needs to be very self-reflective and uh, be willing to reach out and get help, get, get counsel for decisions that have to be made that are kind of above your pay grade, as they say. But, um, you know, be, be able and willing to make that call and, and know, when it's, know when the best thing you can do for your business is to get somebody else involved. Well, you and I both know from experience and otherwise that that's one of the most uh, important and, and typically major decisions for any business owner is to find somebody and, if you will, delegate some responsibility, whether they're an outside consultant, coach like yourself, or somebody that needs to be hired and brought into the business uh, to be an integral part of the business. And uh, you made a point about being self-reflective. That to me is what I used to call taking that good look in the mirror. Uh, and I think all of us, uh, I, I read a story about a particularly successful entrepreneur, business person. And one of the things they did in their routine every morning is when they were getting ready to leave, they looked in the mirror. Uh, yes, to straighten their tie or whatever it might've been, but they thought for just a moment, what can I do to lift my people up today? What am I gonna do to change lives? Just had a routine they went through and I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, what am I gonna change today with the people? What can I do for the people that I'm going to meet today? Yeah. Uh, work with, you know. I, I agree with you. And, and I, I call that being intentional. It, you, uh, the best thing you can do for your own company and to make it successful is to have a good foundation of purpose, having a, a real connection with what your sense of purpose is for that business that you've built. And then don't deviate from that. I mean, hang with it and remind yourself what that purpose is so that when you do walk out the door and take that last look in the mirror, remind yourself of the intentional things you can do to fulfill that purpose. And don't just let the business happen, but um, have your decisions be based on some guiding principles, some core values, and very firm footing in where you want to go with what you're doing. Yeah, it can make all the difference in the world. If nothing else, it gives you an optimistic, should give you an optimistic, positive attitude. And we exude that, I think, done right, just yeah. walking in a room. And if yeah. you can walk in your business and rally the troops every day, um, you're way ahead of the game. Another thing you talk about is hiring the right team. I mean, that is a critical part of what I believe and try to impart to my clients, uh, to anybody I come is putting, putting the right people around you in every position. Talk to a little bit about that. I know small businesses struggle because they don't feel qualified. They don't hire people every day. Uh, often, you know, they don't have a human resource department in, in the smaller businesses. How do you approach hiring the right people to get the most out of what you're trying to do? Well, the, the first thing I recommend to clients is to adopt a mantra that says, hire slow and fire fast. Traditionally, people that are trying their hand at business for the first time do that model exactly opposite. 
they hire very quickly. And then once they decide they've made a bad hiring decision, it takes them an inordinately long amount of time to get rid of that person. And all the while they're spending good money uh, with a bad situation. And there's a kind of fear about letting that person go for whatever reason. Um, if you flip that model, if you hire slower and uh, use a better process, here's the other challenge. And I faced it. I've, I've started five different companies. And in my early days, I was guilty of, of violating this principle myself. You, you ramp up your company and let's say you get your first whale of an order and that order is going to triple or quadruple your volume and, and your need for capacity. So you get busy hiring people to fulfill that and you make some snap judgments. Maybe you go hire your brother-in-law or your aunt or somebody like that. They might be wonderful people, but is it really the best fit for your company? And I love the principle that is taught in the entrepreneur operating system, the EOS methodology, and that is create functional descriptions of what you need. Don't start by putting a personality in a box on your org chart. Talk, think about the function that you need and, and the fulfillment that you need. What does a person sitting in that seat, what do they have to be able to do? and let that drive your, your hiring process. Now, to your point, Rick, when you, know, you say small businesses don't have a lot of the HR support and all that, I agree totally. But I learned the hard way, one of the best things I could do in my hiring process was to try to create a practical test of the work that I needed done. When I defined that seat, I created a little test for the functions that were going to be in that seat. And when candidates appeared, actually, when we were phone screening them, I would tell them there's going to be a practical test. It was funny, about half of the callers would drop at that point and disqualify themselves. They didn't want to sit for a test. <laughs> and, and that helped me, right? And those that did come in, I could easily tell within about 20 minutes who was going to be good at what they needed to do and who was just trying to fool me by knowing the language or knowing the jargon of our business. And um, if you're just relying on that face-to-face -face interview, you can get snowed by that jargon. You, you know, somebody can show up, they can speak the language, boy, they can talk circles around the subjects and the questions you might ask. But when you really put them to work, they can't deliver. So having a practical test like that uh, improved my own hiring process tremendously. You know, the, the idea, and it kind of goes into our next topic of processes, but uh, that's one of the most important lessons I learned as a business owner was to have a hiring process. And I was blessed to attend a seminar many, many years ago. But the guy walked us, it was an all day thing. Through the, he had seven steps. And he says, if you'll go through these seven steps, he called them fences, hurdle those fences. Then at the end, your chance of making a good hire had gone up to 97%. I mean, he walked us through it. And so there's processes that are out there. 
And the thing I always tell my clients, if you're not hiring every day, if you're not involved in the hiring process every day, even if you have an HR department or whatever, keep, a, keep some notes, keep a notebook, right? The old days of paper and just pull it out and reread it quickly. Get your mindset, pick up your process and run with yep. it. Yep. But it is, it's a devastating thing for a business, particularly if you have five, 10, 15, 20, or even 50 employees to make a really, you know, make the wrong hire because uh, everybody's such a key person. Let's talk about coaching people. I mean, that's something you do uh, with executives and whatnot. Uh, and it's hard for me to find a business owner that really looks to coach and develop their people. Uh, talk about that and why that's so important. Yeah, I think that's one of the areas that um, entrepreneurs struggle with. I, I agree with you. And, and they struggle mainly because they get their head wrapped around um, a, a time issue. They say, well, there's just not enough time in the day. Things are moving so fast. I've got so many things to do. And they say that I don't have time to sit down with my person and really kind of coach them up on what I expect and what I need them to do for me. And my argument is that's probably one of the most critical misses you can make as an owner of hiring that person and then not trying to develop them into the team member they need to be for you. And if nothing else, one of the key things is that as a founder, you've got a vision for what you want your company to be. You've, you've got an idea of what you want your brand to represent. You know, maybe it's customer service, maybe it's high quality product, maybe it's fast, efficient delivery, you know, whatever it may be, that's part of your vision and your values. And when you hire people just to let them clock in and go to work uh, without really indoctrinating and, and bringing them up to the expectation that you've got in your mind, uh, that's where there, there could be a quick breakdown. Um, you'll find the person may know the technical aspects of the job and they might be a quote, effective worker, but are they really delivering on your vision for your business? And that's where the coaching part comes in. That's where the owner has to have regular team huddles to talk about those values and that vision. And then they, they need to, uh, you know, the old phrase that a lot of people use is you have to inspect what you expect. And as soon as you say something to your team saying, here's what we need to be about, unless you check on that, unless you create some accountability for that value or that principle, whatever it may be, um, people aren't really going to believe it's real. They're, they're going to, they're going to hear you talking, but they're not going to see you walking and they're going to, you know, do something different. So as an owner investing that time, and I do appreciate the fact it's a time issue, but here's an interesting tidbit people need to think about. And I, I use this regularly with all of my coaching clients. When you point to someone that is wildly successful by whatever measure the market may give it. And I, I guess topically of late, you know, we got news here in Texas that Elon Musk is moving to Texas. Okay, great. Elon 
has created all these things, made all these millions of dollars. So he's a real successful guy. But guess what? He's no different from you and me. He's got 86,400 seconds in every day that he goes to work. The question is, he uses his time differently. He finds different things to do with those 86,400 seconds. And that's the challenge. Don't let your day get consumed with nebulous little things. Delegate those, you know, give those to your team that you've got around you. But you need to pick the high value items like coaching your team that can create a better long-term reward. Well, and that makes a lot of sense. And I think this is an area that, again, I encourage folks who are listening to this, small business people, really take some time and work through this and, 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 and reach out to us uh, by email. I'm easy to reach. And Doug will provide his information. But uh, connect and polish your skills in this area. Well, Doug, believe it or not, we're to the first break of the conversation. Uh, we need to take a quick break uh, for commercial purposes, of course. And ladies and gentlemen, I hope you'll stay with us. Uh, we're going to take a minute or two break, and we'll be right back. And we're going to continue this conversation uh, with Doug Thorpe and kind of talk about building trust, some easy, straightforward ways to build trust uh, with your employees and the people you do business with. So please stay with us. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. In a COVID world, businesses require a solid choice in insurance protection. Even after the pandemic passes, business owners will need expert advice and coverage in order to resume operations. Ellard Commercial Insurance is the local go-to source for insurance for small to medium-sized businesses and commercial property owners. Whether a business is a sole proprietorship to a fast-growing brick-and-mortar or online entity, Ellard can provide a comprehensive analysis and extend full protection to meet each specific need. Services include general liability, workers' compensation, business owners' policy, commercial automobiles and property, cyber liability, and more. Ellard Commercial Insurance is ready to answer questions and fill insurance needs at 281-827-0990 or at chris at ellardinsurance.com. That's E-L-L-A-R-D insurance.com. Award-winning international author Catherine Lane presents the latest book in the Nikki Garcia thriller series. Revenge in Barcelona continues the adventures of a world traveler who finds herself a target in a global scheme of terror. Purchase this volume and the other two books in the Nikki Garcia series, Waking Up in Medellin and Danger in the Coyote Zone, individually or in a special box set on Amazon or at katherine-lane.com. That's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-L-A-N-E.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening uh, to Doug Thorpe with uh, myself. Doug's the uh, owner of Headway. He's an executive coach, uh, also a business advisor. And we're talking about the three key areas that all small businesses need to be focusing on right now as we shift gears, if you will, uh, to the new economy, quite frankly, that we're going to be facing uh, in 2021. 
Doug, when we uh, went to that break, we were talking about um, people, uh, the first leg of your three-legged stool, so to speak, uh, people and how important they are and building trust. That is something that I, I would be hard pressed to find too many business owners, small business owners uh, give much time to. And the idea that that is really important, building trust with your employees uh, and contractors. Talk to us a little bit about that, please. Well, Rick, yeah, I think the issue of trust between employee and employer is, is a huge topic. And it was verified not long ago by the good folks at Google. Um, you know, the, the Google story is that it, it, we talked earlier also about hiring process. Well, Google has a famous, famous hiring process. A movie was even made out of it, right? And they go through this very rigorous selection process to bring associates into Google. But they, what they discovered was when those associates go to work in teams, not all teams perform at the same level. Some are super performers compared to others. So the uh, leadership at Google was puzzled by that because their logic was, well, we hire everybody the same way. When we put them together in teams, why don't all the teams produce at the same level? So they launched a two-year study, pretty exhaustive study, and uh, we don't have time to go into all the details of how that was done, but you can look that up on Google, and uh, it's, it's a fascinating read if you're a business owner. The runaway winner of attribute that made the difference between per high-performing teams and not-so-high-performing teams was trust. Google called it psychological safety, but when you read all the text around it, it's what you and I would call trust. And what that meant was people felt safe to be able to just be themselves and speak their mind and deliver the, um, the work that they could do. And in a team setting, when people come together, if, if there's an absence of trust, the majority of people hold back. And, and here, here's the key thing to think about. If you own a business and you've hired people, Every one of those people walking through your door has some discretionary effort they can give you. And that's their willing, voluntary effort over and above what the job description might require. But it's something they can choose to do extra. Things like, um, I'll help Sally. She's having a bad day. I'm going to help her. Or I'm going to cover for George. He's got a family issue. He needs to take off. I'm going to just do that. I'm okay with that. When you're successful at building a high level of team trust, your people are going to be willing to contribute that maximum amount of discretionary effort. That's that 110 or 150 percent effort that people talk about. Well, the reality is it's not that. We only have 100 percent capacity. That's mathematically, that's all we've got. But the question is, we've got this discretionary effort we hold back if we don't like the situation or we don't like our coworker, and uh, we go home with money in the bank that we, we go home with effort we didn't spend at work that day so when as an owner if you can build this trust in your team um, there are uh, there that's the way you get into that you dip into that investment of discretionary effort the 
the whole idea of building trust in your team starts with the owner, starts with the employer. You have to be trustworthy. You to get trust, you have to give trust. And I, so, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, you cannot go into it with the idea that everybody needs to earn my trust. Well, if if that's your mindset, you're you're not a whole lot different from the my way or the highway kind of looking at your business and you won't have trust in your team. If that's the, if that's the mindset and the mantra around the office. Well, I hundred percent agree with that. I'll tell you when we, when I bump into a business, that's a high performance business. It could be any business, any area, any industry, and you identify them very quickly because everybody has got that extra energy they exude it in all levels, all the time. And people say, well, why is he so successful? Or why is she so successful? Just just look inside the business. <laughs> I mean, and you see that trust because these people are not worried about things, you know, mentally or subconsciously, whatever. They're moving forward because they trust the leadership and the place they work and they love being there. And it makes all the difference in the world. But the last thing that... Uh, that I, I guess under people, and this is always one that gets a lot of attention, is accountability. Uh, you know, accountability, typically not well-defined in many businesses, small businesses particularly, uh, and sometimes uh, done irrationally. But talk to us about creating the kind of accountability that is a positive uh, part of building a successful business with your people. Yeah, I, I think uh, accountability is one that uh, trips people up quite a bit of time. And it, and it uh, it's related to the earlier statement I made about inspect what you expect. You, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to be able to set up standards that you want people to live up to. Number one, to, again, go back to fulfill your vision and for, fulfill your values as a company. Um, it, it, those require standards of performance and you, you have to create those. You, you can't just say, um, we're going to put a good crew together. Well, you know, what does that mean? What you, you have to dig into the merits of, of what it is. So creating that framework of accountability is the starting place. And then the, um, the real uh, rubber on the road, so to speak, is, is the idea of checking on that, having a process to create accountability. And I use a simple system that a colleague of mine did for me when he worked for me 30 years ago. It's called Big Five. And it's a process where every person uh, writes out a, a monthly list of priorities and objectives for the new month. And then they also get to list their accomplishments from the prior month. And then uh, tied similarly to the coaching of my team, we're going to sit down and at the start of the month, we're going to go over that list. And if you think about it, you are literally on the same page when you review that list because you, as the owner, you can share recognition and credit for the things that were accomplished and you can look forward at the things that need to get done in the new month and you can align priorities. You can agree with them. You can say, well, Rick, I like your one, two, and three, but number four here, let's, uh, let's hold that off 
till next quarter. We don't have to do that thing right now. I want, I need you to do something else. And, and you can, you can work that alignment and that's part of that accountability because they show up at the first of the next month and you say, well, you told me you're going to do these five things. How, how did you do with those? And if they didn't, uh, you can talk about what changed, what got in the way, what was the issue. And if it ultimately truly is a performance issue, then you can do a little bit of coaching, try to remediate it before you, you get yourself in a big hole with uh, missing the mark. Yes, and then ultimately you lose an employee. Uh, right. Because of their performance or lack thereof. Well, Doug, we're at the end of uh, this second segment. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break with our discussion and conversation on the street with our expert, Doug Thorpe. We come back, we're going to move on to the second of the three parts of successful, uh, in this case, shifting your business as the times and the economy have shifted. So I encourage you, please stay with us. And after the commercial break, we'll be right back with you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Doug. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, that's just part one. I think there's a lot of good information, as I suggested, in that conversation for you. And ideas, hopefully, again, that you can use in your business today. We're going to take our bottom of the hour commercial break shortly, but I want to mention to you a couple things. In the next half hour of the show, we've got two great things, I think, coming up. And one of them is the listener's mailbag, listeners sending questions about their business, as I've asked you at the beginning of the show to do. And I answer some of those questions on air. And we've got a really good question that came in recently. And also our One Best Consult Tip of the Week entitled, How in the Hell Do I Plan for 2021 with 2020 in the Books? So please stay with us, and we'll be right back. What is homelessness? Have you seen parents struggle to find a job without having transportation or childcare? What about the children sleeping in cars with nothing to eat? Families shouldn't have to struggle to survive, and children should not be homeless. Family Promise of Montgomery County serves the needs of homeless families and their children. Learn about ways you can help and learn about partnership opportunities at www.familypromiseofmc.org or call our day center at 936-441-8778. Award-winning international author Catherine Lane presents the latest book in the Nikki Garcia thriller series. Revenge in Barcelona continues the adventures of a world traveler who finds herself a target in a global scheme of terror. Purchase this volume and the other two books in the Nikki Garcia series, Waking Up in Medellin and Danger in the Coyote Zone, individually or in a special box set on Amazon or at katherine-lane.com. That's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-L-A-N-E.com. In a COVID world, businesses require a solid choice in insurance protection. Even after the pandemic passes, business owners will need expert advice and coverage in order to resume operations. Allard Commercial Insurance is the local go-to source for insurance for small to medium-sized businesses and commercial property owners. Whether a business is a sole proprietorship to a fast-growing brick-and-mortar or online entity, Allard can provide a comprehensive analysis and extend full protection to meet each specific need. Services include general liability, workers' compensation, business owners' policy, commercial automobiles and property, cyber liability, and more. Ellard Commercial Insurance is ready to answer questions and fill insurance needs at 281-827-0990 or at 
chris at ellardinsurance.com. That's E-L-L-A-R-D insurance.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate your staying with us. Uh, we're going to have the second half of the show, and as promised, I'm going to start off in a minute with a listener mailbag item that came in. I, again, I think you'll find it interesting. But before I do that, I want to offer some recognition. We have two wonderful show sponsors, Catherine Lane, uh, a well-known author of fiction, writes mysteries, and, you know, during this time of pandemic and, again, where people are spending more time in general at home, why don't you read a good book? Catherine has written a number of great mysteries. They're fun to read. They're not difficult, but they sure are exciting with twists and turns, uh, international flavor. So a good mystery is a good way to get through the day. Look for Catherine Lane. Uh, com and on Amazon, you'll find the book. So Catherine Lane, thank you for being a sponsor of the Weekly Business Hour. And another sponsor we have is the Ellard Insurance Company. Chris Wee is the individual who works with uh, Lone Star Community Radio on their insurance. And we are happy as we can be that Ellard, the company that Chris works for, sponsors the program. So if you need commercial insurance, this is insurance for your business and you would like someone who really, really understands business to look at your insurance needs. I have found in my career many times, commercial business particularly, we just don't look at the exposures and the risks that we truly have. And I'm not talking just about having more insurance as far as higher limits. I'm talking about areas in the business where you have exposure, uh, areas in the business that maybe you've had trouble getting insurance. Uh, if you're in a particular industry that has a, a potential risk that the average company doesn't want to cover, I guarantee you, reach out to Chris Wee and Ellard Insurance Company. You can find it at ellardinsurance.com. Well, let's go to the mailbag. We've got a few minutes here, and I, I really appreciate, again, the questions I got. And this one from Jack uh, MC uh, wrote us a question. I have several administrative employees who are working at home, have been working at home for the most part the last six months. Most of them have expressed an interest in working at home, some are all the time going forward. What issues do I really need to look at when making this decision? Well, I think this is a common issue that many businesses, both small and large, have. Uh, there's a lot being written about it, particularly with the larger companies. Uh, and again, I've always valued reading some of the information and some of the things big companies are doing and trying to distill it down to fit into my own small business. And I encourage you to do the same. I think there are three key issues. And I'm not going to talk about the tools or the internet speed or any. That is what it is. That's how you got to connect. That's setting the office up. What I want to talk about are three key issues that I believe exist that you need to carefully think about and analyze. Good news is you've had six months in the case of Jack and his business to evaluate how the people are doing. First is collaboration. And the question I ask is, how important is it for each of these employees to be in the workplace in order to do their job most effectively. There are a number of jobs where people need some face-to-face -face contact. It makes the, the job and their ability to do it just at a, at a higher level. It raises things up. When you're remote, yes, it can happen, but it's not as effective, not as efficient. So question, 
what part or what employees need that face-to-face contact or being in the workplace to do the best job possible. Second, the processes. What processes are each of these employees involved in, such as accounting, bookkeeping, accounts payable, accounts receivable? How effectively do they process, do these processes that they work on work remotely versus in the workplace, actually being in the workplace? In other words, can they be more or at least as effective working remotely as they can in the workplace in the processes that they personally are involved in? So look at those processes and see if those processes are designed to work more effectively or at least the same when they're done remotely. And then you can also evaluate an individual employee's ability that they've shown over the past six months in this case to work remotely. But the key is look at those processes and see how they're designed. Because there is a difference in some cases between a process that works very well at work, in the workplace, and will work remotely. And last but not least, and this is something probably a lot of you have not thought about, labor pool. What kind of labor pool is in your market area? The labor pool being where you would find potential new employees, employees to replace uh, folks who are leaving, uh, former employees. Does working remotely expand that labor pool? You know, the labor pool right now, there's certain states, certain areas have unemployment is so low, believe it or not, other places it's high. But when you look at the labor pool, it's just not numbers, it's quality. So if I offer a job where people can work remotely some or all the time, does that expand the labor pool for quality individuals to do the work, to do the job that I'm looking for? And to me, this is one of the things you want to look at when you offer remote work to existing people. Does it increase that labor pool? Can you find that employee that you need's the best fit? So look at your labor pool, look at your future of your business, your labor needs, but also look at your people and make sure you have the best fit when you offer some or all remote work. Well, that's my take on the question that Jack asked. And again, Jack, thanks for the question. I encourage you, uh, if you're listening, you have a question, send it to us. And we're going to take our final break of the day. And before I do, I want to remind you that a podcast video cast of this program will be posted on Wednesday of this week. You can go to IRLoneStar.com. That's the radio station's website. You can go to OneBestConsult.com. You will find copies of the show posted as well as Facebook, YouTube, and other social media sites. So, again, it's out there. It's available for you to re-listen or even share with someone you think that might benefit. So we'll take that last break and we'll be right back. Does your company have needs that can be met by an employee who is dependable, hardworking, enthusiastic, motivated, cooperative, respectful, and punctual? Conroe Independent School District at Special Education Department can meet your needs by connecting you with potential employees that have been preparing for a lifetime of employment. We have numerous individuals seeking paid and unpaid work experiences. If your company is interested in seeing how we can meet your business needs, call Conroe ISD Special Education Department to find the best employees for you at 936-709-7671. 
award-winning international author Catherine Lane presents the latest book in the Nikki Garcia thriller series. Revenge in Barcelona continues the adventures of a world traveler who finds herself a target in a global scheme of terror. Purchase this volume and the other two books in the Nikki Garcia series, Waking Up in Medellin and Danger in the Coyote Zone, individually or in a special box set on Amazon or at katherine-lane.com. That's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-L-A-N-E.com. In a COVID world, businesses require a solid choice in insurance protection. Even after the pandemic passes, business owners will need expert advice and coverage in order to resume operations. Ellard Commercial Insurance is the local go-to source for insurance for small to medium-sized businesses and commercial property owners. Whether a business is a sole proprietorship to a fast-growing brick-and-mortar or online entity, Ellard can provide a comprehensive analysis and extend full protection to meet each specific need. Services include general liability, workers' compensation, business owners' policy, commercial automobiles and property, cyber liability, and more. Ellard Commercial Insurance is ready to answer questions and fill insurance needs at 281-827-0990 or at chris at ellardinsurance.com. That's E-L-L-A-R-D insurance.com. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, the final segment of today's show where we do our one best consult tip of the week. But before we get started, if you are listening or watching and listening this broadcast and you have a business here in the Montgomery County area, I would encourage you to consider being a sponsor of the weekly business hour. It's very easy to do. It's not real expensive. And we love to put your business first and out front so that listeners of the weekly business hour will be able to identify and perhaps connect and do business with you. Reach out to me. Simply write me at the station here, Rick, R-I-C-K, at IRLoneStar.com. I'll send you a bit of information to look at it. If it looks interesting, then we can have a conversation, and then I'll connect you with the station, and they'll get you all set up. So please consider sponsoring the weekly business hour. Well, the one best uh, consult tip of the week. How in the hell do I plan for 2021 with 2020 in the books? Now, you know, it's kind of an oxymoron, but 2020 was a very unusual year. That's enough said about it. It's coming to conclusion. We're on the downside, so to speak, apparently with the pandemic. Still got some miles to go, but the reality is each and every year you should do a certain amount of planning for your business. And I recognize that many of you are averse to take pen in hand or a computer and put a plan down on paper uh, to commit to a plan. I happen to believe it's one of the most critical functions of a business is to do some planning. And again, I'm a fan of a one-page business plan. So you don't have to build a 20, 30, 50-page plan that some bank might require to make you a business loan. But I'm asking you to set the goals for your business, put some action plans down with some metrics, some deadlines, uh, dollar amounts, whatever's applicable, so you can account to yourself and to your people, your employees, you bring them into the process as much as you feel comfortable with, your vendors, and in some cases, even your customers. So what does the planning look like? I mean, we're coming down on the end of the year, and if you don't have a plan, uh, again, I encourage you, just take a single sheet of paper if that's all you can bring yourself to do. But the thing is, I have several things I'd like to, in fact, four um, encouragements that I would like to give you as you put your plan together. First is, 
be a bit more careful in reviewing what worked and did not work as you look back on 2020. It, again, unusual year. We all 100%, I think, agree with that. Okay, maybe not much else, but we agree with that. So be a little more careful as you review what did and didn't work because the unusual circumstances that we all faced in business and personal life made adjustments uh, just necessary. But you still need to evaluate it. And you need to build, in my opinion, a preliminary plan working on what obstacles you faced and how you overcame them, or if you didn't overcome them, build a preliminary plan for 2021 with that scenario in mind. In other words, there may be some of the same obstacles, at least for part of the year in 2021, but look at what you overcame and how you did it. And once you overcame, how effective your business was in operating. That's what's important. Look what worked and what happened after it worked. Number two, crystal ball. We always like to kid about, well, he has a better crystal ball than I do. Hmm, I don't know. I don't think one, anyone had a very good one uh, in 2020, except a handful of people in businesses of all size that effectively adapted and adjusted to grow their businesses. I know small businesses that did better in 2020 than they did in 2019. Their sales were up, their profits were up but they adapted and their industry perhaps was not negatively affected by uh, the virus, the COVID virus. And in some cases, the virus was a good thing because it made people want to use their services or buy their products. So those people are outliers, but for most of us, um, it, it didn't happen that way. At least there was a small downturn, if not one that lasted through most of the year. And I encourage you, if you haven't already done so, or successfully done so, because many people have tried many things and a lot of them just didn't work, but invest the time and money to make the adjustments necessary for your business. No, I don't think 2021 is gonna be like 2020 as far as the obstacles and other things that are gonna happen. There'll be some new ones, maybe not as drastic, let's hope not but you need to make sure that your processes will fit what 2020 brought us and be able to, if you will, kind of slide into 2021 and give you that opening, that base, that foundation to work for. Also, look to people for general guidance of what you need to do in 2021. You first, your customers. I believe you have to seek feedback from customers all the time. And if you do it here and there in a little bit, uh, maybe you don't need a big survey to be done. Obviously, the data from the surveys will be more accurate, more detailed, but I know a lot of small business people that really have a good feel or pulse on what their customers are doing and what they need. Employees, again, what can your employees deliver? What kind of work product can they deliver? What did they deliver in 2020 with all the things that happened? And then what can they deliver in 2021? And then your vendors. Have your vendors adjusted? What are they able to provide you? One of the most effective business plan tools I've seen is where people spend the time and visit with key important vendors to see what they have on their horizon. And we've had people on this show recently. One was um, McKenzie Barbecue. And Colin McKenzie told us that their meat supplier, one of their key products that they use in their business, 
had set up an inventory system at their distribution point, they being the supplier of the meat that they use to barbecue, and actually inventory meat in case there was another shortage in the marketplace where they couldn't, or it was very difficult to find meat to keep their doors open. So their vendor has helped them solve that problem. The last and not least, what the important thing to do is to take a look at what you and your family, assuming you're a small business owner, are looking for in 2021 out of your business. What is it that you and your family want out of the business? Now that may not have changed, and I understand that, but make sure, because to me, when you come off a challenge like 2020, people's thinking has changed. So make sure you take a little bit of an inventory, if you will. Are they looking for more security? Or are they happy at the risk level and are willing to continue at that risk level in the new year? Uh, how much money do you expect to take out of the business? What's your take home gonna be? Uh, are you still building the business towards the, the end game, if you will, the exit that you've planned? See if those things are on track. And last but not least, and so important, make sure everybody's all in. Make sure that your family, and maybe you and a spouse, it may be you and, and a brother, sister, cousins, parents, whatever, make sure that they're all in and that you have shown them with your plans and with your leadership that you're gonna make it happen for, for yourself, the business, and them in 2021. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the Weekly Business Hour. We'll be here again next Monday between 11 and 12, and I hope you'll take time to join us then as well. Uh, and for the, the week that's to come, as I always try to tell people, focus on what's important in your business. Every one of us out there is unique as an individual, and our businesses are unique. So focus on what's important for you and your business, and I wish you much success as we go into the 2021 year. Thanks. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.